All right. Uh, today's a little different. The podcast, uh, we have two guests and myself, Buddy. Uh, the first one is if you – I guess I'm going to start this off by we, we didn't make Wisconsin this year. They got canceled. And, and there's a fellow up there that walks around with a pink UP Bear Houndsman shirt. And that's John Kreiderman. So if you've been in Wisconsin, you know this guy. Even if you don't know him, you still know the guy that wears the pink down his sleeve. John, <laughs> welcome. Uh, yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of. You blushing? Are you blushing now? On I, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. I guess I'm uh, comfortable with my masculinity if I'm going to wear a pink. <laughs> you what's what's the story shirt? behind yeah. the pink shirt? I want to know. There's there's definitely a story if you're wearing a pink shirt around the bear hunting convention. Well, it's just that you know those those pink shirts. Uh, they come out, and uh, a lot of people really liked them, and it it just really caught on. There's there's a few of them around. There's most of them use use white, but uh, on their on their bear tracks, but. I thought, oh, what the heck? My wife, my wife liked it, and I said, oh, we'll we'll go with it, you know. Well, that's, <laughs> that's it. That, not that's a big the, story, but <laughs> James, James Van Geistel out of Washington. How's it going? Oh, what do you think about that? Do you think that's the true story? Uh, I don't know. There's got to be more behind that. <laughs> I think so. That's a, that, a little bit of a letdown. Anyways, if, 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 if you. He's you're already letting us down, John. You're already letting us down, but we're gonna we're gonna roll on. Um. So so jo John, I think uh, I've been thinking about how to roll this, and I'm gonna we're gonna start with this. we're gonna tell you the story first, and and James, if you're okay with this story, uh, me and James were up working on uh, some cats, and the story that I have enjoyed telling people is I don't know what we call it the pop. Pot farm cat. What do you want to call this one, James? Pot farm cat. Yeah. So we were uh, we were up in Northeast Washington last week. Um, what was that? Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. Uh, and we had a collared cat that was uh, in on some small. Don't don't tell them areas, right? It's not <laughs> yeah, right. small private allotment up in Northeast Washington, and um, you know we go in, we locate the cat, we. Uh, are using a Garmin mini collar, um, get the collar turned on and and start tracking down landowners, figure out, you know, if we can get permission to get in there and run this cat. And typically that's that's a non-issue. Um, most of the time landowners, you tell them, hey, you got a cougar on your property and they're pretty good about letting you in to go chase it. Yeah. So James, you're telling a story like my son. Like you're like just zipping through it. Like let's enjoy it. Let's 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 relish the moments of it because you're not building it up. So, so, so John, hold on, hold on. I gotta take it, James. Hold on a second. Just hold on. So so John, this cat <laughs> has moved into. If you haven't figured out, you know James is like rumbling his words together, run on sentences. This cat has moved from an area into like private landowner areas. So so there's some big sections. But there's also some like 20 acre plots. And so it's kind Quite of a few, like small 20 acre parcels. Pain in the ass. You know. Perfect, perfect grow grow areas. <laughs> well, yeah. So that's that's legitimately what was going on. Well, it it took two days to get 
after. So let's uh, talk about the first day, James. Yeah. So the first so we're day, now I'm going to just go and have a little slow button here. We need a little shock button for James. When he, when he starts going too fast, let's just slow it down, James. <laughs> so the, the first, first day, day. We, we go in there, we'd already caught a cat that morning and uh, we decided to run over and check on this one. And we uh, get her located and, and go into or start trying to find who owns the property she's on. Um, and so at first she's on a piece of ground, we get a hold of the landowner and uh, we're good to go. He's said, no problem, have at it. Well, she didn't stay on that piece of ground for very long and she ended up on an adjacent landowner section of ground. And yeah, yeah. So, so I'm sitting at the truck with Bradley because my son went with me. And so we're waiting for the call, can we chase it or not? And so, so Bruce and them, they send James over to uh, go get permission on this piece of property. Yeah, so I, I drive down there and I pull up to this house and they, there's a gate that says beware of dogs and violators will be shot, no trespassing, I mean, on and on. And <laughs> it was, you know, typically I, I'm not too worried about going up and knocking on someone's front door, but this one did have me a little bit of, the gate was locked and I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe I should just, you know, not, not mess with this and try to find a phone number. And, so anyhow, I'm, I'm about to leave and I talked to those guys on the radio and kind of told them the situation and um, out strolls this lady from this house. And so I tell her what we're doing and and she comes out, I mean, like two teeth in a sundress. Um, it, it's a rough situation. She says, uh, I tell I her what we're doing and she's like 100% against it. There's, she's not letting us on that piece of property and, and her family or mom ends up owning the other adjacent piece of property and and she said you're not getting on there either so uh that that first day we just we couldn't really mess with this cat we so we take out of there we got kicked just no no permission on that piece of property right and so right did you uh did, did were the dogs down were they were you running no no they're in the truck they were, we, we were basically just oh, waiting okay. to let them oh, go that's, that's good yeah, with the Garmin, That's we can tell really, exactly yeah. where the cat is. So it's really, really different hunting, right. you know, because you can just see where the cat is. So you know where – it's like you know where the dog's going to end up. So so we go the next day. We didn't even yeah. get to do that cat the next day. But we ended up – me and James went and uh, – because Bart and, and Bruce had to go to Idaho to chase another cat that went out of state. And so they were – it was like us, you know, going to collect this data. And so, so anyways, me and James are working, and – and so this time the cat's on a different piece of property, right? Yeah. So, so oh, yeah. we pull on in there, locate her again. She's she's moved off of that section of ground, and we're thinking, you know, this is going to be perfect. We can uh, the the piece of ground that she's on this time is a fairly large piece of property, and she's kind of and it's the private and it's private and it's private. Yeah, everything and everything around it's private. I mean, she's this cat is right in the middle of just one and, private section after another and right next to that <laughs> john right next to that is like a five or six hundred acre pot farm that cat's got a problem maybe <laughs> so yeah she's she's on a piece of ground and and at the time we didn't know that it was a pot farm she was next to we we just saw these two pieces of ground and um try to get a hold of the well we get a hold of the first gal and uh which would be the pot farm first yeah, the pot farm. Because we suspected that's the way the cat was going to run. And 
they gave right. us permission on the pot farm. I mean, surprisingly, they were all for it. She said, have at it. They didn't really want cougars in on their ground and um, no restrictions, just go for it. But uh, the, the piece of ground that the cat was actually on at the time where we needed to start the track was a whole nother situation. <laughs> we, <laughs> we end up, she gives us permission at first. So you get on, then, no, you get on the phone with her. And yeah. I'm, I'm trying to talk to you, and and, Jay, and 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 James is like, "Shut up!" He, she's on the phone, like just like yeah. <laughs> giving me the signal, like I'm working on this, and this is taking my full. Like he, he's like, it is, he, you can just see it in his eyes. It's like this takes my full attention, buddy. This gal is like, woohoo! Yeah, it was an intense conversation, <laughs> and it it turned into she she basically wanted us to have a. A couple of her friends, I guess, with us if we were to go onto her property, one of which was a veterinarian um, and the other was a forester out in Idaho. And this gal was pretty concerned about her property and what she had going on and, and very concerned about the cat and the safety of the cat. And so needless to say that the afternoon goes on, it's raining really hard. Um, we decide, you know, let's go in through this pot farm side, um, see kind of what the situation's like in there I forgot before about we, that. we even started anything. And and so we drive in an old road. And, um, and James is up in front of me, and I'm I'm following James and my my little picket with my son, right? And and so he goes through uh -huh. and you can see the pot farm on the left, and you know, it's a big high fence, and on your right. There's like 50 cars without doors and hoods and you know, basically a tweaker, you know, looks at something metal and they're like, Oh, I can take this off. Yeah. So this, this place is a disaster zone and, and we drive right through the middle of this pot farm. And you could tell as you got further into the pot farm that there was probably at one point in time, I mean, now it's a legal operation at, at one point in time, it was probably still there, but it just wasn't quite a legal operation. So this gal she comes running out of her, her, I don't even know what to call it, but I, I guess you refer to it as a trailer. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I don't know if all the teeth were there. I couldn't quite focus that well, but she's coming out and she's like, <laughs> and she goes, she goes, are you guys the game wardens? And I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. no, we're not law enforcement. <laughs> you know what I mean, I don't know if that's what you're asking or not, but, and she, and, and I said, well, uh, we, we, we don't, we're not the law enforcement, you know, we're not, we're not worried about what's going on here. We're just, we, we're working with the cougar and she goes, Oh, cougars. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, well, did, did the landowner tell you? Cause she wasn't the landowner, you know? And she goes, she goes, yeah, she did. I go, okay, well, yeah, we're, we're those guys. We're, we're the guys that are working with the cougar, but we're not, we're not game wardens, you know? Not law enforcement. Yeah, exactly. I was out. My first impression was that she was running. She was the, the watch guard, you know what I mean? Like the whole plant. So she was coming out to, to do the watching. So anyways, it's blowing sideways, rain's bad. And I, and I call in James on the radio and I'm like, yeah, we got a visitor here, you know? And so he hops out and no kidding, James is sitting in the sideways rain. And this gal is in a t-shirt with blue gloves, blue latex. And I don't know if it was blood on the gloves or if it was like some paint, but she is telling, I mean, like, oh, there was a cougar kill over here and the coyotes were on it. And, and, uh, she ran the coyotes off with the harmonica. Yeah, played, she played her harmonica uh, to, to scare lines away, and she trained her dog how to sneak. And and as she's saying, she trained her dog how to sneak. She's like pretending to walk, like she's sneaking around. And 
the whole time she's telling us the story, she's just she's back and forth and dancing around. And I mean, like make you car sick watching her. She's just with the amount of movement that was going on there. <laughs> She'd been in that pot pot girl quite a while. There yeah. was, was more than pot there. I'm, I'm telling you what, man. It was methamphetamine. It was meth. That was something. I don't know. I've never done it, but there was something going on. Oh. And I, 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 I actually took my cell phone out and I took a picture of James. He's squinting because the rain's blowing sideways. And the, the look on his face is <laughs> to these stories is like, he is not impressed. You can tell. He's, I was done. I was just like, you know what? This whole area has just been nothing but a nightmare since we've been down in here trying to get this cat caught. And now we got this gal out here talking about harmonicas and her dog sneaking around so she can get away from coyote kills and all sorts of other shit and, oh so, uh, so we got to wrap this up but that cat was still on the first lady's property that was that wanted the vet and the i mean she she so we were like okay this isn't going to work today so we with the rain and all that we're like let's go back to the hotel the next morning um well, no, that night, James is getting texts from that gal. That gal's now yeah, she's, James. she wants to bring a drone in. She's, I mean, this, the, the gal is just nuts. She's, she has, she could bring a drone in and fly to help us. And all of a sudden she's like, she's part of the Cougar capture team. She wants to be like, she's all for this. Oh, and uh, yeah, I mean, so Anyhow, I, I kind of just wrap it up with her and tell her, you know, if we're in there tomorrow, we'll let you know um, if we end up on your property and, you know, yada, yada. Thanks again. And uh, so the next day rolls around and we pull down in there and turn that collar on and, and that cat's on the pot farm and not on the, the one gal's property where we had to bring up the forester. And everything <laughs> That's a else. nice way of saying it, James, the, the one gal. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're thinking, perfect. This is, this is going to be a good day. Uh, we don't got to mess around with her. We don't got to get veterinarian involved and, you know, anything else thinking this is just going to be good to go. And it, it didn't quite end that way. It, uh, it, we got down in there and started on, on that pot farm and should have had the cat caught. I was hoping before we ended up on uh, on the Zan on the other piece of ground there. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up. My lawyer has advised me that we were close enough to the property line that we don't know <laughs> if it was hers or not. But it was close enough that we're like, shit, we gotta go figure out and go talk to her. So so I'm at the gate and and she is blowing James's phone up. She's blowing Bart's phone up. Uh, the message she left Bart was like, there's something eerie going on in the woods. I'm wondering what's going on. She could hear the dogs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She could hear the dogs right by her house. And, uh, I mean, it was within 50 yards. I mean, it was it was close it to was the property close. line. And, yeah, it was really close. So, anyways, I pull up to the house this time. It was my turn to go up there because James was down on foot. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm at the gate and I'm calling James and James is like, she's blowing us up, buddy. Just go to the house and bring her in here. So, so I go up there and I knock on her door and, and nothing. And I'm, and so I get on the radio. I'm like, James, you're about to, you're about to have somebody at your tree. Yeah. And sure enough, I, it was, I mean, it was two minutes later and I'm, I'm getting dead off this cat and looking at it and, and, you know, kind of trying to just get out of there as quickly as I can. And, um, I have another landowner with me, uh, who ended up walking in and, and wanting to see a cat in a tree. So I turned around and, and this gal's standing there. Um, 
just kind of staring at us. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, perfect. At least, you know, she's here now and everything should be fine. Well, that was also not the case. <laughs> I, I go down and try to talk to her and you get like within 10 feet of her and she's throwing her hands up, telling me to stop and has her phone out and trying to video everything and state your full name. Where are you from? I mean, on and on and on. It's oh my crazy. goodness. Well, was it at first she was wanting to make you lunch though? Well, well, no, she started off oh. angry. Oh, she started. And then okay. she, she kicked that other landowner out of there. Uh, <laughs> she didn't like that there was another landowner in there. We were, I mean, I'm talking less than fifty yards probably on her property. It was, I mean, we were right there. Um, so she kicks that other guy out, and and he leaves, and all of a sudden it's yeah, I'm going to make you lunch and go get the dogs jerky treats and you know, yada, yada. And I'm like, perfect. Go get the dog's treats. That'd be great. You know, I, you're going to leave and I'm out of here. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm talking to buddy on the radio kind of back and forth. And I'm like, dude, this is not a good situation at all. We need to, we need to get this wrapped up. So he's trying to find a way to get to me. Um, yeah. I'm driving around to some different property we have that I know I can get on the backside and my son's with me. And so we're coming around. It's, you know, it's about a mile drive around to get on the other side. And, and I can hear James like, this ain't going good, buddy, buddy, <laughs> this ain't going good. <laughs> this is not, this is not good. Yeah. And so she's got these two blue dealers that are, that are running around just wild as coyotes and they're jumping all over the dogs. And I got dogs tied back at this point because I mean, this lady's kind of crazy and her dogs are just free range jumping all over anything that's barking and, um, you know, she's not super happy, and then, and then all of a sudden she's really happy, and then she flips the switch again and um is kind of really not wanting anybody there. And so I'm pulling dogs off a tree. And, bipolar. Yeah, and uh you know, I had five dogs in a gun, and I was a little bit nervous to be honest with you. It was <laughs> it was a creepy deal. Um She's trying to un she's trying to unhook the dogs, like unsnap the dogs, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I'm like, trying to pull them off on leashes because I I mean typically I don't do that and I just, you know, we're done, let's go. And they follow you out of the woods, but she's got these two dogs loose and it just I didn't want to have another train wreck there. And so I'm trying to one more, right? Yeah. one more train wreck out of that story, yeah. James. So I, I'm pulling dogs <laughs> off and, and she's trying to unhook them from the leash. And I'm like, ma'am, you know, ma'am, can you please not do that? And, you know, trying to stay as professional as I can. And uh, she's like, no, my dogs are great with other dogs. And I'm like, well, I, I just flipped around. I'm like, well, I don't trust my dogs. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't trust these dogs there. We need to go. And uh, she, this is no shit. She turns around and sits cross-legged at the base of this tree and tells me, this cat is now my friend. I'm going to spend the day with it. And I'm like, great. See you oh. later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the last there thing I saw when I walked away is this lady sitting cross-legged at the base of a lion tree and sitting there looking up at it. And as far as I know, she spent the day there. I really, I don't know. We, we got out of there. <laughs> talking to a tree lion <laughs> oh man and, and she argued with me for about five minutes about the fact that the cat was in the tree i mean it's like maybe 25 feet uh -huh. and i'm i'm pointing it out to her and she's like there's no lion in that tree I'm like no yeah there is i promise you it's, it's right there was she looking for an african lion maybe or what? <laughs> uh, i don't know what the deal was man it was a, it was to, a weird deal to wrap that whole cat up john and we'll finish it but so I'm driving home. It's like a six-hour drive home with my son. 
and uh, and unwarranted. He must have been thinking hard on this because he goes, Dad, you know, uh, I, I I never I never was gonna do drugs before, but, but I'm really not gonna do drugs now. <laughs> that was a win-win situation, was it? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah, good got, lesson, yeah. son. That's <laughs> that's good. Oh my goodness. That ended up being a little longer than I expected, but has and now is have you been checking that? Have you guys been checking that line? Is she out of there? Is she? Did she ever come out of that that core area? You know, uh, we turned that collar off when we left to save battery life on it, and uh, she she has come oh, yeah. out of there. Um, she hasn't really left awfully far from that area, that general area. Um, but yeah, she did end up coming out of there. I think Bart's got one more. You, you think she got? one more point to get on that cat and then then yeah so we'll let that cat be done yeah it'll be one more time uh we'll pursue her and then and then get that collar back she got uh kittens then maybe somewhere right there or what yeah we we ended up i mean not tiny tiny kittens but she does have uh some young, young ones with her and that's we ended up catching one of those in the process also and had two trees and oh, trying to get docks turned down in the right track. And it was a little bit of a rodeo before we even got onto her ground. Oh yeah. That's good. <clears throat> that, that's interesting. That was one of the decisions we didn't want to catch it on her property was because we were worried four cats and on camera right there. Do you think you made an anti hunter or did you make a pro hunter out of that whole cougar story? Well, she talked to Bart afterwards, and and Bart was like, "Yeah, she sounded really fine. She was happy, and you know, like, and so we were like, awesome. Like, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't want to go anymore, but but he he seemed he talked to her after the experience, and and she didn't. Um, it, it sounded like she didn't have any, like, wasn't cussing James out. I mean, yeah, us. right, right. Oh, that's good. That's great. Are you, you speechless now? You don't even know where to go from that story. You don't even know how to react to that story. You do. don't even know where. Exactly. Well, you know that you 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 get a, a somebody like that. You don't know which way they're going to go until you until uh, two weeks down the road, and you know because they 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 might uh, it, it they might be all pro hunting, and then then you just might. Uh, well, if she's sitting there at that tree talking to that lion, she's got a lot more problems than the <laughs> average landowner. Yeah, that's what I told James. Was I said, you know, listening to her in the beginning, you know, she wanted the vet and she wanted the, the, you know, she, and I, I told James, I said, you know, this lady, if she would just settle down, you know what I mean, calm down, she would probably really enjoy that experience. If, if you know what I mean, she just wanted to be oh, a yeah. part of it. You know what I mean? Like you could tell she would have a drone and she's going to bring her vet and she's going to bring the forester. She wanted to just be important in that moment, which I can appreciate, right? Everybody wants to feel that way. And it's like, if you, if, if that gal could have just not been so weird, we would have been happy to be like, yeah, come on in. You, you'll see something cool today. You know what I mean? You're going to see a cougar and you'll see that it's not hurt. And you know, we're, we care about these things, but, but because she's so predetermined on, what she thought was going to happen, she, I mean, she ruined it for herself. Yeah, all, all the all the pot girls I've ever, ever been around have been on public ground, and they were all illegal. <laughs> when, <laughs> when I was down hunting, when I was in Southern California, we, we run into different ones out there, and it was 
some of them were up in those wilderness areas and God, you'd be walking along and slide down into a big canyon and all of a sudden you come on a piece of that plastic drift scope running down down the mountain, down the, the gorge from up above and and you follow that right down into those grows. But I got into one of them one time, walked down in there to get a dog that was lost and and uh, she'd spent the night on the mountain. That was the days of telemetry and I had my buddy run me up and around the next morning on his dirt bike, we had an enduro motorcycle out there and we got up in and I dropped down into that wilderness area off the top walking and I walked onto one of those lines running down through that country and now you're way out in nowhere, you know, and I walked down and I found my dog. She was laying right at one of their water sources down there and they had all the little spigots that went off to the sides and, and it was like I said, it's in the fall of the year, it's November, you know, so I gets on down to where they were bivouacked and they had a tarp over everything and they had all their pots and pans in there. They had long since left it. They had, they had got out of there. So I brought some old beat up pots and pans out of there with me for my, for the camp. And we got down to camp. And my, <laughs> you could get killed for that. They, missed them. they probably weren't coming back. You stole <laughs> I got into camp and my buddy's wife just chewed me out. She said, what are you doing? She said, to get shot. I said, all oh, that pot grows over. They, they they harvested for the year, <laughs> but I got my dog and got out of there anyhow. <laughs> and stuff. My, two, of, two of the guys, one other time out there had snuck through one coming out and they, they said the hair in the back of their neck was standing right on end because they thought they were maybe going to get shot in there, you know, yeah, coming down the mountain and run right into a big girl. That's, yeah. That was well before the time it was illegal anywhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I had a customer that sold uh, protection dogs. His name is, is uh, I don't want to say his name, but anyways, he uh, he sells these really high dollar, you know, forty thousand dollar, fifty thousand dollar protection dogs, and and he was he's he's not from, oh, yeah. from the U.S., so he was down there selling to this client, like like you said, up on this road, way up in the middle of nowhere, and and so he's you know he with when you buy one of his dogs, you get three days worth of training. You know that's just what he does, and so. So anyways, he's up there. He has no clue. They're like, meet me in town here. And, and they drive him in and, you know, dang, they have to blindfold him or whatever. And he's just like, man, you guys are kind of weird. You know, he doesn't have, have a clue what's going on. And uh, he said he stayed right. out in the rain all day trying to teach his dog. And he's like, are you guys going to invite me in for coffee or something? You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. And so finally, the guy's <laughs> like, oh, we're done with your services. And he said, you know, shit, he walked over to a tractor, opens up the tractor and just takes out cash, you know, and, and hands him cash, you know, 40 grand. And it's like, here, you're paid. Your your services are done. He's like, no, no, you got two more days of training. You know what I mean? They're like, no, you're you're done. Like you, we don't need you anymore. And he was telling the story, and he's like, it, it kind of somebody hit him with like what it was. He's like, oh, that was drugs. You know what I mean? Because he's not from here. He's from, oh, I don't know. Country. Right. He just had no clue. And what he was telling his he was telling his his buddy, I guess, was a, a he sold dogs to a DEA agent. You know, drug enforcement. And so he's telling the story to the DA. Oh, really? And and so he gets a call the next, that was the next morning or whatever. He's like, hey, Yuri, where, where was that place that you sold a dog at? And he's like, hey, hey, you know, <laughs> I sell dogs to you. I yeah. sell dogs to them. You guys figure it out, okay? <laughs> you don't, don't, don't ask me that question. No. Anyways. Yeah. They're probably litter mates. He's probably yeah, exactly. telling the pups are probably litter mates. <laughs> like, one's, one's a good dog, one's a bad dog. <laughs> oh. Anyways, <laughs> oh, I, that was my first yeah, experience with the any, pop. When I, 
Oh yeah. When we come, any time I come down through, and when I come down through there with those pots and pans that time, they had closing and on on a line down through there. And they're little. We, I said, I told my buddy, I said they must have been midgets. I said they were all little short legs on them. <laughs> I think we were close enough to the southern border. They weren't midgets. <laughs> yeah. oh. Oh. Yeah. Man. Well, we got through that whole story. I was kind of worried about J- uh, James using the F word. I was going to make him say a word that we could edit over the F word, but we ne- I forgot. So we yeah, bleep them, bleep, bleep them out afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to no, make him say like fantastic, know. you know, just, just fantastic. <laughs> so I could just cut that little bit and put it over there when he says, oh, the, the fantastic lady or whatever, you know. Oh, anyways. Exactly. So, so John, how long have you been, been in the dogs? Oh, God. I, I was, I was before my teens, I was into the dog. Well, I was a little kid. I got pictures here, me with coon dogs and stuff. And my first dog was a little red cocker spaniel and he had run anything but a bear. He was, that little dude was, was just a, just a game catching little fool. And he was just a little short leg dude, but anything that would tree, he was after it. And, and some of the stuff that wouldn't tree, we heck he'd run these snowshoe hairs around here and everything. And, I killed a lot of game with that. Well, my brothers were older than me. I was, he was my dog, but my oldest brother had him all the time digging groundhogs out of hillsides and stuff like that. But from then on, I mean, I, that's all I did. My grandfather and my uncles and stuff were all big houndsmen and ran fox and coyotes around here. And then, you know, as we got older, we, I was, I got right into the cat and coon hunting and, and, uh, bear hunting, of course. And, but a lot of years, I I just turned 60 last week, so you know it's, it's probably over 50 years been doing it. And and so, what? So when, when you when you moved from the the cocker spaniel, what, what was your next? Dog? <laughs> <laughs> or did you just get a whole pile of cocker spaniels and run that way for a while with your pink shirt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. itself. What's that, James? I said, now the pink shirt makes sense. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we we run foxhounds. My 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 grandpa he ran a a really really effective bunch of foxhounds. He bred them for years, and uh, they were really super good track dogs and stuff. But I'll tell you that most of them were not tree dogs. And I believe it or not, at night when we'd be running those foxhounds, these raccoons around here don't run nowhere. You know, they they run a quarter mile. That little spaniel will locate every one of them trees, and those foxhounds be, they'd really burn them to the tree, and then they'd be cast in here and there. They just weren't genetically bred to tree, and uh, it took us a long time to get into tree dogs. At my older brother and I, and once we got dogs that would would tree game, then we were off to the races. Poor little cocker spaniel was left at home, but he he died. I was 13 years old when when we buried that little dude, so I had him when I was just a little boy, so. Right on. But yeah, a lot of a lot of hounds went by by the wayside here. I've been I I I sit and lament all the good dogs. I wish I had them all together at one place. At you know could see them all run together. The the real real top notch dogs that that I've had around here. But they're all buried out here on the hillside, <clears throat> and uh, and uh, it's just uh, one of those things. You 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 wish you could do it all over again because there's some things you do different. But if if you took all those shortcuts, it wouldn't have been near the trip, you know? Yeah, it, it sucks. But, um, I, I'm, I'm kind of that guy. I got to learn the hard way. I'm like, they'll be like, Oh, don't do that. I'm like, well, I know why you don't do that now. (laughs) I didn't know why you didn't before, but you got to learn why not to. (laughs) 
just like my take my boy and why you don't do <laughs> yeah. drugs. And he, he now knows. <laughs> right. I always so the, talk about go ahead. you know fishing at night one time, and my buddy had his his little boy with him, and the, and and the little fellow was there was a bunch of kids running around there and we had a fire going at night and we were smelt fishing. I know you probably don't know what smelt are the little fish that runs up these rivers in the spring of the year, this time of year. And people stand and dip net them out after dark, you know, and uh, they, they do their spawning runs. And anyhow, this, these little kids are playing in this fire and they kept sticking sticks in the fire and then whipping them around. And, and my buddy got after his boy. He said, you're going to hit with somebody with that stick with a hot ember. You know, you quit it. You're, you're going to, and so the little fellow, a few minutes later, he come right back and he's got a stick again. And he took it from him and he threw it in the fire and the kid took off running. And he come right back and he reached in that fire and grabbed that stick. Well, he went to dancing around there and yelling. My buddy looked at me and he said, nothing says no, like a hot stick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the little fella held on, he fell on, held on to a can of cold beer all night after that. But he <laughs> He knew not to reach his hand into the <laughs> reach into the fire no more. He didn't go get the hot <laughs> stick anymore. He's, he's done with the stick. No, didn't pull hot stick. Didn't pull hot stick out. No. Oh. But so when when you got into your tree dogs, I'm gonna tie you back into that tree dog. What what did you start with? Uh we had we had some um, we kind of had some Nanspread Walker dogs, which mm-hmm. were you know some of the original stuff here and. Uh, the, of old Lester Nances out of Arcadia, Indiana. And it was some of that, the descendants of those dogs is, it, that is what I had started with. And we had, you know, uh, we had some crossed up dogs that were walkers and plot and blue tick. We had everything. And then I kind of got into those Nance dogs when I was probably 17, 18 years old. And uh, that's basically uh, what I've got now. I got, uh, I got, are quite a few great dogs here but they're there's a lot of people breeding them and running them that like them they're just uh they they're good tree dogs i t- went over to wisconsin probably 35 years ago and bred into some trig dogs which a lot of people did but back then they didn't have those running pens and i i still contend that those anything that them guys were feeding were 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 a lot better quality a dog because they didn't they didn't have run them in the inside. They run them on the outside, and they turned into be some really, really good crosses. And uh, there's a lot of guys in around that are, are have still got some of that blood. A lot of that blood they're, they're catching. All right, oh, I, gotta, I lose I gotta, you. I got to No, no, you, you're there. Um, let's back up. You, you said something that that I think I understand, and, and James probably understands, but I want you to explain in case there's some some kid poor kid listening to this thing um running them on the inside run them on the outside explain what you mean by that well the private property the way it's gotten a lot of the southern states and it's got right up into michigan a lot too uh the guys they're you know they're just worried about their dogs all the time so a lot of these have enclosures now they're they're big pens and these guys clean dogs in them and you know they've they've got wild coyotes in there or wild fox in there running around and these guys can start their pups and run them in there. Well, all those guys, they, they have cold competitions and stuff there. See which dogs are running ahead and stuff. And I, I, it's, it's, you know, people say I'm wrong, but there is people out there, but it's been detrimental to the, as far as the, as far as the, uh, uh, the abilities of the dogs, those running dogs are bred just to go in there and find a, 
find and jump a coyote and run him. And uh, I've I've been in the pens with guys and watch them, and, and they don't run a coyote the way ours would, uh, you know, the way way a track a dog is supposed to run a track. And uh, the you dogs on the more, outside got to count for their game. They got to. Yeah. Do you think it's more that the, those those are more patterned, or you know what what's different? Well, I I I think what happens, you know, is when I what I've seen happens in a pen that there's God, there could be. 30, 30 coyotes in that 300 acre pen and those dogs go in and they bump a coyote and they start running him and he goes down in those coyotes are pretty sharp when they're living in that pen all the time they run down and they get in those other coyotes and and they make a loss and pretty soon the dogs are coming out on a different coyote those coyotes look different in the pens a lot of times you know one's got a bobtail one's got some hair here and there they'll come out running a different coyote and they don't have to stop and figure out their losses they just they just can they breeze off of that track and they pick up another one. As long as they're running, them guys are happy. But on the outside, not so much. If you got a if you got an animal like that and they lose him and they blaze off looking for him, <laughs> they're gone. He's gone the other way and 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 they're they're cruising around looking. I've seen it time and time and time again with pen dogs. And there's granted there's probably some some good ones, but uh, I just haven't seen them. Most most of them those. See, they were gun dogs before, and those dogs had to stick and stay and account for their game and pick up their losses. And if they didn't pick, if they didn't pick them up, you know, the 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 hunt was done. They didn't blaze off looking for one. And, and in those pens, they can just find another one a hundred yards away. You know. Okay. No, that so, makes sense. When, so, so do you? Uh, so do you? Uh, do you? Do you hunt? I know you hunt bear. You know, and and cat. Do you hunt everything, or what do you hunt? what's the what do you what do you normally yeah, your... bear cats i make trips i make trips out there to use guys this country and do a little lion hunting um mostly bear anymore and bobcats um uh, the last while well, last few years our bobcat population here is not what it what it used to be when i was growing up it's they got um there there's we just and especially in the up the lower peninsula's got a, a decent cat population the up is not really good at all right now but we got lots of wolf problems and and uh, everything. You know the amount of predators we got. I think the cats are taking a back seat to to some of the other ones. You know, so. I think it's the wolf. Yeah, basically, basically bears. We, we, so you think it's the wolves hurting your bobcat population, or what? What do you think? Well, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite certain if if they'll you know they'll run a cat if they can get a chance three or four wolves and they you know they come into a thicket with them and then you know that cat starts twisting and turning like that. if they can catch them they're going to catch them and eat him they're going to kill him and uh, i think they put a lot of pressure on those cats soon and i and i know for a fact that they they'll they'll take those cats when they make a kill then wolves will come in and take it and forces them to hunt just a whole lot more of those cats you know what but you know our big cat our big tomcats up here they they live on venison all winter they they make a they that's what they're hunting they're not hunting rabbits and field mice <laughs> they're in the deer yards hunting our deer yard up here our deer go our deer literally migrate south of me and they yard up in in big big uh cedar swamps is where they spend the winter and every predator in the every predator in the country is in on top of them those big tomcats get in there and they make a kill and within a night or so the, the wolves got it on them and they clean it right up and, and he's forced to hunt again and you guys, I think some... it's the same thing, isn't it, James? With the... yeah, yeah, I think see... it's the same thing with those lions, isn't it, James? Yeah, we see a fair amount of that with those lions. I think. I mean, 
I guess there's no study out there to prove that, but um, pretty pretty similar, I would say. I think those wolves do put a lot of pressure on those cats, and um, I think the only difference with between a lion and a bobcat is eventually that lion learns that one on one it's going to kill that wolf. Bobcat doesn't really have that. Yeah, the bobcat, no, uh, uh-uh, no. But your guys' bobcats are a lot bigger. I mean, how big are your bobcats down there? Big, bigger bobcats. Around my area here. Yeah. Over in Michigan here, all our our big cats, our big cats are all way up over thirty pounds. You know, uh, thirty five, thirty eight, forty. You know, we we yeah. get cats. The biggest one that I ever took was forty six, and the biggest one I ever seen was fifty two. So, and we had treated him in the summertime or in uh, bear season, and uh, left him set in the tree. I got some really nice pictures of him in the tree. Knew he was a huge cat, and I was down here hunting, uh, and my buddies went up, and they ended up catching him. Uh, and yeah, he he weighed fifty two. He was he was a monster cat. Damn. So. Yeah, we're lucky. I mean, you start getting thirty pounds over here, and and it's topping out. I don't. What about you, James? Yeah, it's it's about that. I've only ever seen anybody that caught one that was right at forty pounds one time. Um, and I saw a guy trap one that was at forty pounds, but that that's a seeing a lot of bobcats and not really ever seeing that forty pound mark. It's like you said, you get to thirty, and you're you're right there. Thins out pretty quick. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I I got a buddy that that uh, that traps Southern California and Nevada and all that stuff, and he said he said like the biggest cats that he trapped were 26, 27 pounds, big tom cats. That's what he told me. And he hunts back here with me. Uh, you know, him and I hunted for years together, and we every year you know we were catching cats at the 36 and 38 pounds, you know that range. But you know, there's probably you know through the years probably. I've probably, you know, we've probably caught 10 or 12 of them that were over 40, you know, just really, really big, big knuckleheaded cats, you know, they don't, they're, like I said, they, they catch a deer, they jump on a deer, they just pin him just like a lion would, you know, and kill him. And it's, it's over They're They're really, really efficient at it. So you use the same dogs for bobcat, bear, uh, coyote. Yeah, I do. I, I, I do, you know, it's just like anything else. Some of them are better at it. So, you know, you, 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 you got a dog when he's a pup and he's running around here and he's a super good locator and he's, and he can, he can find them. We got little red squirrels here and those pups will start treating on these red squirrels and stuff. And if he's always treated on those red squirrels and he's, he's, he's really good at it, that that's the pup that you kind of single out as they get older, you know, you're, you're coon hunting them and then you're running them on, on bear and stuff too. But, that's the pup you want to see how he'll do on a cat because a lot of these cats will climb in these cedar swamps you'll get running him you get him screwed right down into a mess and the hunt will blow up and and a lot of people think well you know he got away from well he might have but a lot of times it was in a tree (laughs) he he just bounced up in a tree and and they can't locate him and that it's you know they just but good locators can don't get me wrong there's there's some of them will come off of a track running wide open and and just shut up for a minute and go right to tree and then they've got him you know and you walk in there sometimes they don't it's so thick sometimes they're standing off of him you know they're winding him and they they might be off of him uh 20 yards or off the tree 20 25 yards and they're and they're 
kind of standing on their hind feet in their tree and they, they got him. He's up in there and you got to do some searching. And, uh, and then other times, man, they, they got a little hole up. The dog's looking through a little hole and he can look right up. He's standing downwind and he's looking right at that cat and you get through that little hole and you look up through there and by God, they're looking at him, you know, have you so seen that? You know exactly where he went. Yeah. Have you seen a cat jump trees? not very much you mean from one to the other i have yeah i have i have seen it i have seen it but not not very in with you know and i've seen it when i've been there i've seen them cats get kind of shook up and they'd be maybe in a bad situation in a balsam tree and they're up in some small limbs and i've seen them launch themselves over into another one yeah and 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 get set up better there but yeah there's always in in a while ago i always you heard stories and i should try and find somebody that you know hunted at night and they said oh cats jump a lot and i haven't really seen that a lot but i i've seen it too i i know one in particular that changed like it jumped like three different trees and you know it was almost 50 yards in a different tree by the time and i, and I watched it you know what i mean but rare does that you know i mean i've only seen that happen which i just I wonder sometimes if cats act differently, you know, in different areas. I'm sure they do, but I, you know, I, I think they do. What I seen out west when we were any bob, not any, but I seen a lot of those bobcats. Man, they'd flatten on a limb like a like a squirrel up there. You know, they'd be they'd be hard to find. You get up there and they'd be laid right out in that tree. And these ones around here usually really don't care. They they might be hid, but they're usually standing right up up there. In and they, you know, they're in a in a thicket and you got to look around and spot him, but he's looking right at you. He's not laid down hiding mm. at these ones around here, especially those bigger Tomcats. They really don't care. They were kind of pissed off that you put them there, you know, I'm just going to blame that so, on my, when I can't find him in the tree, that's what I'm going to jump, jump from that tree to the next tree. Or he's laying down. Oh, he's... <clears throat> I've seen the laying down thing. I've, I've seen that get up in like a, you know, just big mess of trees right there up at the top and a mistletoe or whatever and uh, hunker down and and you can't find them. Yeah. Well, one of the times I was hunting with my buddy, it was one of the first cats we kind of officially caught with just our dogs. You know what I mean? Like, like he had a young dog. I had a young dog. It was like a year and a half. And they put it together. We spent two hours looking for that cat. I mean, binos, everything. <laughs> and we'd finally given up. And this is a big fir tree. And I think I didn't want to beat on the tree, you know, tap the tree or whatever. What you take a stick and you hit the tree if you don't know what that means. But anyways, we're putting our packs on. We're getting oh, yeah. out there dejected. And so I just tapped the tree, you know, and I'll be damned if that cat didn't jump up. He wasn't 10 yards above my head out of a little clump. And we <laughs> all day looking over top of him. I was like, you know, it was like, oh, shit, we had him, we had him. It was like two hours. The dogs were done. They were taking naps. You know what I mean? Everything was done. And. Yeah, they were like, shit, we could have told you that two hours ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's funny. That's <laughs> a funny story. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes they are there, but I don't believe them anymore. I don't believe my dogs half the time. Right. Well, yeah, you're trying to you're trying to tell a dog what his nose is telling him. You're you're trying to tell him with your eyes. And I, I think it's sometimes you better depend on him a little bit more, you know. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough because you, if you do that with the wrong dog, who was oh, yeah. somebody was saying yeah, fat you, boys you, don't like. What was it? It was Brandon. I was listening to his, you know, Jason's last podcast. It, just, it actually went out today. He goes, "Fat kids don't like false trees." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we'll walk into that. 
Yeah, I'd mm. seen a lot of times with, uh, you know, coon hunting, too. You get in there and you I've seen people and anybody that's listened to this that's coon hunted, you start flashing a light around the tree when those dogs aren't settled and you'll have a tree and it'll be slick a lot of times because they're 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 not settled on the tree and and you should you point a light into that tree they say well he's got to be in that one boss is pointing at it well it won't be nothing in it either when they start tree and you better just leave that light off until that dog settles on the right tree you know yeah that's actually solid advice uh even even during the daytime without a light by trying not to look up too much um, right Cool. Well, what, my little squirrel dogs are the same way. Oh yeah, you got what? What? What kind of dogs are those? Uh, feist, mountain feist. I got. Mount, I've got feist? several of them here. Yeah, I hunt fox squirrels and gray squirrels with them all the time, and they're you. You can make liars out of them little dudes if you if you're not paying attention because if you walk in there and and they're hunting and they start kind of checking trees, all you have to do is start eyeballing that tree with them, and they'll go to treeing on it. You'd better just lay off until you're sure that they got the right tree but keep most of them little things are so sharp those little dogs they got the right tree you know yeah keep your head oh. down huh? <laughs> don't 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 make eye contact don't look mm. at the dog just keep therapy <laughs> look at your picking mushrooms walking around looking at your feet you know <laughs> oh dang there's a squirrel right there oh thank you Oh, what's your most memorable <laughs> hunt that you can think about? What you got a story for us in your memorable hunt? Uh, me- memorable hunt, as in the I don't, I don't oh know. god, we they, we've there's so many of them. There's there's so many of them. You know, we did this for this many years. We we've had some really really we've had some bears that were just unbelievably tough and daylight till dark and and uh, and end up end up catching them you know end up, end up killing them in the end but probably we've had some really funny ones we had one that probably wasn't my most memorable but i'll never forget it, it was, we got after a bear i had three dogs on him and him jumped and he crossed a two track and my buddy was up on that two track and and i was on foot in the woods following the dogs and he was pretty nice berries he was a good bear. I didn't figure they were going to make him climb he was going to be on the ground he turned he turned his box loose and i had my radio on and i'm running down through the woods and he 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 sent all his dogs when mine crossed and he he come on the radio he sees a big bear and he said i just put my dogs out and he said by the way he said he said honkers out that's his black lab he said i don't know where he is but he sees i accidentally let him out of the box with my other dogs he said so if anybody sees a black lab coming down the road he said, pick him up. It's mine. And he, you know, he went on with the race and I went right on through and crossed the little two track he was on. And the dogs started catching that bear and stopping him. And I got right in there close to him. It was a mile farther on. And my buddies had went around and the, the, one of my friends was going to kill the bear if he got a chance. And they started in from a different direction. I got right up close to the bear and I wouldn't go in and bust him out of there. They were walking him and baying him. They pretty much had him stopped right there. So I was standing waiting for him. And when they shot the bear. The one buddy's real comedian anyhow, and he come on the radio, and he says, uh, the bear's dead. And he said, and anybody that turned a dog loose and don't have him here, he said, you better get rid of him. He said, because there's a black lab on this kill. The <laughs> 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 black, black lab made the whole race, and he was standing there baying the bear when he shot him. 
<laughs> I was waiting for you to tell me the black the bear was the dog. That's what I thought you were going with that story. No, no, that damn lab, that damn lab ran with run with his hounds probably better than a mile up through there and was right with the kill. So oh, yeah, <laughs> we thought that was funny, but we still talk about that story that that darn old jug headed lab made the race. So <laughs> huffing and puffing, like, but that probably isn't probably isn't my most memorable one but it was a funny one we had we had one here a couple of years ago and the bear was we were running this bear probably the, one of the toughest bears we were ever on and he came he was coming to the railroad tracks and we were afraid my buddy was out on the road and there was they had two vehicles on that road that paralleled the tracks right beside the tracks and they were the tra- the road was on the opposite side of the 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 tracks of the where the dogs were coming with the bear and they got within were coming within 200 yards of the road there and they were fighting this bear coming and we thought oh my god and i started yelling at him on the radio i was in on foot with it with a young guy that was a kid that was going to kill that bear and i said turn him turn him if you can turn him if you can and i could hear that train coming i thought my god we're gonna have dogs cut in half and everything if if that if he crosses that road and pretty soon i hear that whistle on that train go to hooping and carrying on coming through there and about that time the bear turns and he comes right back by me with all those dogs going the opposite way of the train and and my buddy come on the radio he said i put those kids up on the dog box and when that train i run down the road and gotten to the other side and he said and i got those kids to give the old train whistle sign you know with your <laughs> power sign and that that conductor went to laying on that whistle and waving <laughs> at those kids on top of that dog box and turned that bear right at the track <laughs> <laughs> That that race ended ended up way just about dark before we ended up getting that it was a tough bear, but he saved some dogs there by putting those kids up there. He said I knew he had if those kids got him to whistle blow that whistle he'd lay on it and he, he it worked so no kidding but yeah uh, lots lots of things happen when you're when you're running them dogs it, it's just one thing after another you know. Oh yeah, no, that's you're you're quick on the you're hunting with somebody quick. I would have been like, oh, I just froze. Like you know, it's like I always I always joke at Laura. She kind of freezes a little bit when things when things get rough. She 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 locks up, but but at least you're hunting with somebody that doesn't do that. Oh yeah, you you guys get into those uh that that poison oak out there much? You got a lot of that right oh, there where you're at. I hate that. I mean, I hate that with a passion. I, I don't even have to get into it, John. I can look at it and like if you just say the word, and I'm probably breaking out right now, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I could, I could tell you a real cute story about that. We were hunting in Southern California, and uh, I know what it is, and I avoid it like the plague. And my other buddy that hunted and trapped out there his whole life, he knew what it was real good. Some of the guys we were with didn't know what it was, and. Man, they went up the face of a mountain, and they were, they were in that stuff. I'll tell you what, they had so much calamine ocean on them. We got pictures of them. Everything, every picture we had of them with with game in there, they, them guys were pink. They had calamine lotion all oh. over them. And by the time they got home, the one guy had to go get a, get needled in his hip because it shot in his butt because he had it was so much of an allergic reaction to that crap. Oh. but we don't have it here back in Michigan. We don't have, we've got poison Ivy, but not very much of it in the UP at all. It's in the, it's down South farther, you know, James, you get out of that poison. You, you're much? allergic to it. No, we don't have much poison. We have poison Ivy, but we don't have much. poison. <clears throat> poison oh. Ivy. Yeah. I see it down Southern Oregon. And, uh, it was, it's like, man, I, I, I don't, 
I don't know what it looks like good enough. I mean, I, I every year I look at it on the internet, and every year I'm a forgetful person, and so I'm up there going, "Is that it? Is that it? Is that it?" But it doesn't matter. Leaves of leaves of three, leave it be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a bad deal, but and I, it, it's just like you get a little spot, and I mean, I'll look at it I'm like son of a bitch. That, then that little spot goes to another spot, and then another spot, and it was like you can't wash it off. I mean, you just sit in the shower, and you just can't. Hot water, cold water. No. You can't, there's no, there's no cure. It's just misery for a week or two. Uh, I'll send you nasty. some. I'll send you some, Jay. You can try it. You rub it on. <laughs> yeah. um. So, were you guys were you guys running yeah. bears down there in California? Or were you guys running cats in California? Yeah, bear. That Proposition Seventeen had already went through and uh, making it illegal to run lions. But we um, we we were running bears. You know, we 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 run bears. It was that's some of the best bear hunting I've ever seen in my life. You know, lots of big bears. Uh, we we messed around down around those big wilderness areas and you know you put your pack frame on and you might be all day but when you come out you had a a giant on the back you know yeah you know we 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 just killed some monsters down there it was that was great great hunt some of the best memories of my life uh were down there bear hunting you know so what do you think like that brings me to a question like so you got michigan wisconsin you've kind of hunted in different areas what or do the bears act uh -huh. differently i mean everybody everybody you know their area is the hardest place to hunt you know which which you know there is hard right. spots out of everything right. but what's your thoughts about like you taking your pack to to california and, and the terrain the style what what was different what did you notice well more what i the one thing there was there was pros and cons both that you know if if we had good bear dogs here we had good bear dogs out there I, I will say that we could take a dog back here because we did it. We had some dogs back here, really good cold trailers and stuff, but we're, uh, we're not real good fight dogs back here. I don't mean a dog that quit a bear. I mean a dog that stays way back off a bear. And out there they did really good because they in those rocks and stuff, they could see those bears way before they got to them. And back here, that's not the case. If you catch a bear in one of these the tag alder swamps in the in the summertime, I mean – if they can see the bear, he can catch them. He, you know, they, they're, they're in there right, right within sight of him. And it, it's, it's one jump and they're, they're caught and them dogs know it. Some of them dogs are intimidated by that. But, you know, as far as the only other thing that, that was, was really different is some of them, these, these flatland dogs around here could get ledged up. They not, not used to those rocks and the smart ones then the smart ones would just go around, find their way up through those rocks but i've seen i've seen dogs ledge up you know young dogs ledge up on the mountain and and somebody's got to go get them they're not coming off there they, they they can't find their way off of it so that's a fun trip to go pick up a dog that's yeah that's my favorite. <laughs> oh yeah yeah well james knows it he's probably did it out there a lot you get especially in that real arid we used to hunt southern california right on the mojave desert a lot and it was it was arid it was just all big boulder fields and stuff and them dogs you, you you get down to those dogs and they'd be bait up on a bear and and he might be standing on one boulder and they're in a big boulder field and 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 the dogs are scattered out below them uh you know on on all on their own rock standing there barking at him 
but they can't dare get on the rock with him because he's going to eat them up, you know. <laughs> and they know he he just walks along. When he gets up into the where they can get after him, they'll get after him again. But I've seen it lots of times. You get five, six dogs standing down there. They're all on their own perch barking at that bear, and he's above them standing there looking at them, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I, James, I think but, – I'm not sure, but in the beginning of that, I think he he said your dogs are stupid. Is what I got out I, of that. Yeah, that's what I picked up too. <laughs> He's like, oh, the smart ones get through it, but James <laughs> has gone pick up a bunch James of dogs. Yeah, James' dog brain does that every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well I think this is about our time. So you got anything else you wanna <laughs> do? You wanna talk about? Are you talking to me or you talking to James now? I don't know. I, I, both of you guys. We'll start with James. James, you got you 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 said your piece. You got another story. What do you got? I got a lot of stories, but I yeah. I mean, I'm I'm good. We have to say, save them for next time. Yeah. John, what what did you think about your podcast? Oh, it was it was fun. I there's there's lots of stories, lots of stories we had, you know that 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 I could come up with, but uh, you know, from right from running one bear for. We were running a bear one time, run him two or three times and treat him. He was a, he was just a young bear, you know, a yearling bear or so. Mm -hmm. And we'd treat him and uh, let him out of the tree and run him again. We had young dogs and he wasn't going very far, going three, 400 yards, go up another tree. And about the fifth or sixth tree we were doing, we were just kids, about the fifth or sixth tree we walked into, there's two bears sitting in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> he'd picked he'd picked up company somewhere. <laughs> that just yeah. don't happen around here. I mean, not, not to be running him all for an hour and then have that happen but yeah no that's kidding. that's stuff and i i think my I, I yeah i i appreciate you getting a hold of me and one other thing that we we, we always want we, where's your train wreck we want to hear about a train wreck about a train wreck oh yeah uh, not, not a, you got the train turned but let's hear let's hear <laughs> a, let's hear your train wreck story this is the one the pull when you pull the beer out and it's like you're just letting loose like this is the one that you don't tell anybody unless you got a beer in your hand well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this one. I I had a good a good friend. I knew him. He, I, we didn't hunt together much, but I knew him real good. And he had hounds, and he was wanting me to come up and hunt with him. It's just it's just to the west of me here, probably an hour. So I goes up there to hunt with him, and and we got onto this bear, and he runs off into this big mass of nasty. They call it the next day swamp because you never get your dogs out of it until the next day. He didn't tell me that before I turned loose on it. <laughs> but I, he goes off into this swamp, and it's like it's like an hour to get to the other side of it. So I drives all the way around to the other side, and I, and I'm, I get two of my dogs. They they cross they cross this. It's another railroad track, and I'm going up this railroad track, and the bear crosses, and I get two of my dogs, and I. I go to yelling at the other one and I get him to come back. I mean, he was one of my good old dogs and he was smart enough and he come back. So I had three dogs. Well, I had three dogs strung up on the other side and I knew if those dogs were up there out in that water, that they were hurt and they were for several miles up through there. They were in different spots. So I come back around, I put my back out in the meantime, up that railroad track and I come back around them in agony and I find my buddy and he calls me on the radio and he said, I'm stuck. So I goes in there and he's launched out in a beaver marsh and it starts pouring rain. And I still got three dogs in that big swamp. And I get a hold of him and I start reefing parts off of his truck to get him out of this beaver marsh. 
And the poor Barger, he was, he had been having back pains all the time. And he was, he was on some medication that, that he had kind of gotten liking a little too much and he was not doing good. <laughs> and I, my tracking box went dead. This was, this was the telemetry, telemetry time. My tracking box went bad and my truck started messing up and started missing and couldn't one run. I finally got on the phone and I called my brother and he drove an hour and gave me his tracking box. And I spent almost all night in the rain sitting at the end of that railroad track because that railroad track crossed one of our main highways. Yeah. And I was sitting on that because I, I figured if those dogs come out, they're going to come down that railroad track. Well, finally it's pouring rain. I knew they were laid up. I went back to his cabin and he's sitting there kind of stooped over his table with, two cigarettes going and the, the, you could have, you could have cut the, cut the cigarette smoke with a knife. And I crashed on his couch and got up at five or six o'clock in the morning. And I drove back around and I, one of my buddies, other buddies showed up and him and I walked into that marsh and, and we walked in there about three miles and we got one dog and he was hurt, and then we come back out, and we walked right down to where they had crossed, and I walked, waded up through that water, and the other one, and I thought, this dog's dead. He was a really good dog. I thought, he's dead in here. He's dead in here. And we started circling around, and I happened to look, and there was one of them hommocks out there about half the size of your, half the size of your, well, about the size of your steering wheel of your truck, and he was laying on that thing, thumping his tails, and he was punched straight full of holes, but... He, he was laying there alive. I picked him up and put him over my shoulder with a bad back and carried him out of that, that marsh. And I said, well, that I won't go back to that bear unless I got the rest of my crew with me. Yeah. <laughs> Lick your wounds he, and he taught us back lesson. another that day. Was, that, was a tr that was a train wreck. And boy, if we had more time, I, there was a lot more stuff went on. But it was that's one of the worst <laughs> times i ever felt because any you know how it is when you leave a dog out overnight you're just sick to your stomach for one because we were that that railroad track was covered up in wolf crap there was up and down at the wolves had been up and down and i was thinking all along i was going to go into a port parted out dog you know no so, i'm kidding that it i mean that's yeah. a a subject like the telemetry you know what I mean? Like now, you know exactly where you need to go most of the time, as long as, as exactly, you know, exactly. Um, back then, it was just like, yeah, I think he's somewhere. You know what I mean? Like how, how that? Yeah, yeah. There was the, you bet, I mean, and it was it was rough. It was rough before the telemetry, and the telemetry was a big step up. And now with now with these these Garmin units, it's just like falling off a log to find that dog you you don't we don't come out of the woods without him now you just walk you just walk in and find him you know you know exactly where he's at and walk right in and get him you know yeah and that's amazing saves a lot saves a lot of worry yeah yeah well man we're gonna miss you this year not at wisconsin normally we normally uh i mean shoot we sit around and at least in the yeah. breakfast last year at, at breakfast i don't know if i told you this or not but um I was sitting there having breakfast with you, and and uh, um, I just drew a blank. Uh, who's the other UP guys that come with Joe? you? Joe. Joe, yeah, you go, Joe Hudson. Joe, Joe Hudson. Joe and Nancy, and and anyways, we're having breakfast, and so I'm just having breakfast, and for some reason, I thought that that convention started at ten o'clock, 
So I'm just chilling with you guys, BSing. <laughs> and I walked from that. And I'm like, oh, I guess I better show up to their, our booth. You know what I mean? And and I walk around the corner, and I mean, it's like jam. Our booth is jam packed, and I I've never got so many stink eyes from my group. And like, they were gonna kick me out. I own the place, and they were like, get the out, man. You you show up late to this yeah, show. Where have you been? Yeah. Oh, I felt like so, so you can't. If we do that again, John, you can't. You can't let me forget that it starts at nine. I can't be relaxing with you guys. Well, at the time, I thought, well, I guess maybe he's. This is a new new buddy. Maybe he's not gonna. Work Maybe he's brought all those guys over here and they're going to work it. I'm going to hang out and just have a beer, have breakfast, and who cares about the show? No, that was not the plan. But, man, I, I don't think nobody talked to me for a couple hours. It turned into the plan. <laughs> yeah, they, they pretty much gave me the stink line for a while. I was like, I'll buy lunch, guys. Hey, just chill out, chill out, man. I got lunch, okay? Oh. Well, your damn, your damn booth is packed, you know, five, six deep to get into that booth when you're there because you guys are updating collars and stuff and man there's it's thick so those guys were busy you're like a one-legged man in an ass kicking contest running around there so yeah yeah that's but it's uh not this year but i imagine next year we'll be we'll do it all over again oh i i think yeah they 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 were pretty disappointed see they were they had cut it out uh, or they were going to have it outside and they were going to have a beer tent outside and all that stuff. And then it just, it just got to the point where they were still putting, you know, still putting restrictions on them. So they, they canceled everything. Oh, yeah. So yeah, luckily, luckily UP bear Hounsman's went before the coronavirus got kicked in and we had our convention up here in the UP of Michigan, uh, that yeah. one we went to and the, and, and the lower peninsula had theirs too, the, uh, Michigan Bear Hunter Associate had their convention, so so they'd have done it outside, and you guys would have been in t-shirts, and we would have been like wrapped up in thermals and bringing our our merino wool and all that. You, everybody, else, <laughs> yeah, it's seventy-four degrees here right now. Yeah, you guys, you, that would not have been a fair it, place. It really? Oh yeah, yeah. No. I think the low last night was like sixty-six. Yeah. Oh well, my goodness! No. No, we're not even close to that. We're right here right now. It's uh, it was I think it was 26 degrees last night, and uh, you know we yesterday it was the high of 39, and today I think it, it probably got up to about 45. Now our weather is supposed to go into the 60s here, for the for the at least next week it's supposed to go into the 60s, which is pretty good. So. Well, we're talking about the weather now. Let's send it. We'll talk to you. We're going to have to bring you back. <laughs> we ain't making podcasts about the weather, damn it. Like I, I, I started it, right? I'm, I'm the guy that was like, I made the weather joke, and now I'm like, hey, let's shut up about the weather. John, well, you can you can so, edit this stuff out. Yeah, that's, that's, you were smart enough probably, but I don't know. John, we're going to have to have you back. This was fun. You got to think about some stories. All right. And we'll try to cut our, our, All right. our pot story. We'll see you soon, and we'll talk to you, and, and uh, you're welcome back anytime. Okay, thanks, guys. You be good. Bye-bye. Yeah, we'll see you later, John. Yeah, bye, James. <laughs>